recording studio at Wimberley Road, welcome to Extraordinary Joes, where we tell the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, just like you and me. Each week, we'll sit down with a special guest and hear the story of their life, career, and lessons they've learned along the way. After spending some time with our guest, you just might realize that your next extraordinary story is well within reach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Thank you for joining us on another session of Extraordinary Joes. Today's special guest is Antoine Maddox. Uh, I'm going to let Antoine introduce himself formally. But first, Antoine, if you're ready, we're going to start with rapid fire. All right. Yeah, let's go. All right. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Shoes or sandals? Well, I'm not a big feet person, so I have to go with shoes. Shoes. I don't think I've ever seen you in sandals. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beach or mountains? Oh man, that's a that's a tough one, especially living here in the Bay Area. We've got both. Yeah. Um, but I would have to say beach. Okay. I think go to the beach. Yeah. Morning or night person? Uh, totally a morning person. Electric or regular toothbrush? Ooh, I would throw it electric. It just just makes your teeth feel so much better. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you about Maverick or Goose. You gave me you gave me a warning on that. <laughs> yeah. All I'm going to yeah, say is that I, I, I need you to I need you to check it out at some point. Okay, I will. Right. I promise. Uh, mint or gum? I would say I would say gum because I always had gum when I was playing ball. So yeah, I'll go with gum. You have yeah. a favorite favorite flavor? No favorite flavor. Flavor just uh, wintergreen. Probably good. Wintergreen. All right. Yeah. Hop, skip, or jump. Oh man, this is where this is where it gets pretty heavy in the rapid fire. Yeah, 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 ex- exactly. So, man, you do all three of those in, in basketball, so I, I'll go with all three. Oh man, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna allow it. I'm gonna allow it. All right, hot, regular, or no yoga? Regular yoga. Have you done hot yoga? I I have not done hot yoga. Um, I I don't want to lose that much weight. Yeah. So. I stay with my yeah. joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite childhood television show? Oh, man. Uh, definitely got to be MacGyver. Oh, great answer. Man, what a good answer. <laughs> uh, I, I don't say I've forgotten about it, but that was unexpected. I was thinking like it might <laughs> yeah. hit, hit me with a cartoon. I, I love right, MacGyver. Right. Yeah, man. He was awesome. I used to want to be MacGyver. Yeah. yeah um, I don't think there's anybody that can be MacGyver. <laughs> it didn't, yeah, it didn't pan out for me. If you could change any event in your history or world history, what would it be? Oh, man. That's a deep one. I don't know, B. <laughs> that would take me yeah, I think I need, a little more time. There. I, I may need, to, I may need to, to go to the polls on that one. That may be too, a little too yeah. much for rapid fire. People have a hard time with that one. Let's bring it back yeah. down to uh, something we can manage. A favorite cereal? Okay. Probably the, the mini shredded wheats. Mini shred? Do they have any like uh, frosting or just straight up like wheat? <laughs> yeah, with the frosting. Okay. With the frosting. Okay. I'm, I'm not that boring. Well, I was gonna. Say, I just. I know you're you're healthy, <laughs> and that sounds like a tough bowl of cereal if you're just eating uh, right. <laughs> straight up shredded wheat. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Uh, last one, Tuan. Small thing that makes you happy. 
I don't know, man. It, it probably would be early, so a quiet early morning. Nice. By myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, Antoine, thanks for playing along with our, uh, our rapid fire. If you would uh, take a quick minute, introduce yourself to our guest, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so like you said, Antoine Maddox uh, originally grew up in Georgia, and that's how we met. I moved out to the Bay Area uh, about 10 years ago and currently working out here in the in the tech field. Just out of curiosity, Antoine, what would be like, I know there's probably a lot of nuances and stuff, but are there one or two things that stand out and differences that you've noticed as someone who grew up in the South to now spending a, a large amount of time on the West Coast? Yeah, so the, that's, a, that's a good question. That's something I always love to talk to people about. But first, right off the bat would just be the diversity of the cultures mm -hmm. out here. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you literally get people from every, every area of the world out here and just the food and the culture and, um, you know, just that immersion of, of ethnicity, ethnicity, sorry, ethnicities yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is, is so great. I mean, it's, uh, it's really, uh, really interesting and just kind of keeps you um, always, you know, it, it gives you something to do, you know, yeah. at all times because you, you can, you can go and eat different foods. You can uh, go and experience different cultures. So that's something that I've really enjoyed about living out here. Yeah. And it's a, I don't know how to explain this the right way, but cause I, cause I mean, I'm from a small town, so it wouldn't be a good comparison, but even like in Atlanta, for some reason to me, it just feels different. Like, and I, I guess probably for historical reasons, uh, it's, there's like, cause there's culture in, in the cities here in the South too. Right. Exactly. But, uh, it's almost like on the West coast. And again, I'm, I'm, there's some historical, uh, reasons behind that, but it feels like on the West coast, that's just like, everyone expects that. That's how everyone lives. Like everyone's just kind of there. It's not like, it's almost not like, Oh, look at all these cultures. It's like, just here's how we do life out here kind of thing. It just feels a little different. Yeah. 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 I, I would totally agree with you on that. And that's definitely one of the first things that you notice, you know, gr growing up in an area like, like we grew up in. First thing you notice when you come out here is that, wow, this is different. Right. You know? And there's a lot of, lot of different types of people here. And, and uh, one more question, Tom, before we kind of dive into our, um, the meat of the show we're currently doing this interview uh, during the time of the coronavirus uh, we're both under different kind of orders to remain home and social distancing and all the, all the things that everyone's experiencing uh, someone right. asked me today like a friend of mine who's in the DC area said how's it going and for me I, I feel like I don't know maybe it's because St. Simon's is so small. The only, the, the biggest adjustment for me is like, I'm doing my, my teaching of my students is in front of a screen. So I'm sitting in front of a computer for a uh, extended period of time. And, and I mean, I'm mostly in my yeah. house, but it feels, and I'm making some assumptions here. I don't feel like I've had sort of the same shock and awe as I might've experienced in a big city. When I right. go out of my car, um, to sort of get out of the house, it's like it doesn't feel that much different around me. 
what is it like? I'm curious what's it what is like the change has been and how your experience has been in the Bay Area? Right, yeah. No, that's a good question. I mean, uh we've definitely experienced a, a, a big change here and, and it happened really rapidly. I mean, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago we we started, you know, hearing about the virus and about it making its way over here. And, you know, the good thing was that immediately a lot of the bigger tech companies um, like Google, LinkedIn, um, Facebook and Apple, I think kind of all immediately started sending workers home uh, to work from home. And, you know, as soon as the, the shelter in place order hit, you know, everybody pretty much was was at home unless you you run an essential business. Um, so it, I, I think that we've definitely seen a big impact here uh just you know watching the news every night and you know like i said i'm in the bay area so i'm i'm actually in fremont just uh uh just below oakland and you're watching all of the cases you know show up in in san jose and you know palo alto san francisco uh, all around you and every day you're seeing just more and more cases and we're hearing about you know that we might not even be able to go back to work as, as soon as we thought we would be able to yeah um, you know, so, uh, uh, for a lot of us, it's just, you know, trying to stay in as much as we can and, and started doing a lot more of the, uh, you know, online delivery for groceries and, and, and food and things like that. So, uh, life is definitely different. Um, the, but the, the one good thing is that people have started being more active and kind of being a little bit, you know, more serious about their health yeah. i've seen a lot of people outside you know just doing yoga or running or going for long walks or things like that you know so that's that's been a good thing i started running tuan and i like i like oh, i you? hate to run, like i hate running uh I, I shouldn't be even saying that now that i'm running but like if, i mean if you were like hey you know pick an exercise that you would never want to have to do again I might burpees might be first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like if I could, do, I like to play basketball. I like to chase my kids. I like to play all kinds of sports. But if you're like, hey, right. let's just go for a run. Like I do not. I, it's hard. <laughs> but I have start, I've started running. We got a cool spot in our neighborhood. And uh, I've been getting up every morning and going for a run. I, not very far, but awesome. I, I'm running. Um, hey, that's awesome. Dude. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, okay. So, you know, I was thinking about this when we, when I was, preparing for the show and I thought that maybe I should have changed the name to like uh, people I really respect and will anyone else care? Like that should have been the name of the show um, <laughs> because I think I, you know, naturally I, there's a lot of people in my life that I think are extraordinary. One of the cool things, um, the extraordinary things that I feel like you've done in your life was the experience you had playing with the, the Globetrotters, right? Um, actually, right. so you played for, the generals, is that correct? Yep, that's right. I played for the the Washington Generals, and there, and you competed against the Globetrotters. <clears throat> Can you talk a little bit, uh, Antoine, about how did you get into that? What was the the sort of the early stages of that story? Yeah, so it's uh, it really it's an interesting story. Uh, so it kind of goes all the way back to, to high school, really. So uh, junior year of high school, we had. I believe our, our teacher set up some type of shadow experience for everybody. So she went to all of us. She said, hey, I want to know what you guys 
want to do, you know, um, as a career when you get older. You know, let me know. I'll reach out to uh, these companies and see if I can have you shadow them for a day. So, you know, back then, you know, my my whole life was basketball. Yeah. So, of course, I wanted to, you know, I, want, I told her I wanted to play professional basketball. So she went out and actually uh, she found the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. And uh, she asked them if I could do a shadow day with them. And so they, you know, of course, they're they're all about that kind of stuff. So they agreed to it. And I shadowed uh, Sweet Lou Dunbar for a day. Wow. Uh, doing that. And I remember, so I, I went around with him kind of doing all of his PR stuff. And then uh, he got me tickets to a game later that night that was down in uh, Columbus. Okay. And <clears throat> we went to a game. And I, I think at the time, the the team they were playing against was called the, the New York Nationals. They, they've had a, a few names um, over the years, but it's essentially the same team. It was the Washington Generals. Um, but as I was watching the game, I, I really, I thought it was really interesting, you know, that they had this other team that they played and it traveled with them. And I thought to myself, wow, that, that would be really cool. I wonder how they, you know, how they did that. So, you know, years later, I, I go through college, you know, spend four uh, years playing college basketball, N not really thinking about the Globetrotters or the Washington Generals at all. Um, you know, at the end of my college career, my my hope was to go and play professionally in Europe or South America or Asia, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as I graduated, I basically would... I would sign up for all of these different camps um, all across the Southeast. And I would just drive and I would, you know, compete at these camps. And basically these, these camps or these combines were these events that um, scouts put on. And you would have, you know, guys from all over the country come here and basically showcase themselves to try to get a job to play, you know, professional basketball. And so that whole summer after my senior year, uh, going to many different camps and workouts. Uh, the the very last workout that I went to, uh, and still hadn't got, you know gotten an offer that whole summer. Very last workout I went to, uh, a guy came up to me. He asked me, you know, if I'd be interested in playing with the Washington Generals. Wow. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that that sounds great. So he put me in touch with the general manager. Uh, sent over some game film. Uh, I think he talked to talked to some of my college coaches, and then they made me the offer. Wow. That was uh, 2007. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, <laughs> then, so then you're on the Generals, and your your you know your schedule mirrors the Globetrotters. What what was that like once you got um, once you got on the Generals? What was it like to be to play and follow that that schedule? It, it was great, man. I mean, it was such a good experience, especially right out of college, you know, just being able to to travel as much as we did. I mean, you know, if you can imagine, like, right out of college, that's that's a time when you want to be able to travel, but you don't have any money. Right, right. right. So, <laughs> so I was able to, to have this experience where they were taking me all over the country and all over the world. Uh, you know, for free and getting paid for it, you know, all the hotels are covered, you know, all the travel costs are covered. Um, but 
you know, it, it is a different experience because, you know, you're living on the road, you're living out of your suitcase, uh, on the tour bus, you know, different hotel every night. Um, and you're playing, you're playing one or two games every night. So it's pretty exhausting, you know, at the same right. time. So tell, what were some of the places that you traveled to, Antoine? So uh, in the U.S., I, I, during my time, I hit every state except for Montana, oh, wow. I believe. So, yeah, so I think I uh, did every state almost. Um, and, you know, worldwide, I, I, I lost count how many countries it was, but, uh, I mean, we were, we, I've done multiple tours in South America. So many countries down there, like Brazil, um, Bolivia, uh, Uruguay, and then we did a European tour. So most of the European countries we hit, uh, we didn't make it to Australia while I was there, uh, but we did, uh, South Korea. And, uh, we also went to Israel. Wow! So I, I got a chance to see some some pretty cool places. Yeah, what what was the actual basketball side of things like? In, I mean, you're essentially, I mean, I won't let the cat out of the bag here, but you guys are essentially losing every game, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I, I, so I'll, you know, yeah, I, I lost every game, um, and it 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 is something that's tough to get used to, you know, but you have to. You learn that you're you're a right. professional loser, and uh, you know you learn how to how to make that that game look yeah. good. You know. So is there a? I mean, what is there a script? How does the game go? Because I mean, you know, you're a competitor. You've been playing basketball your whole life. Even even though you know, you know, you're going to lose. It's not like y'all go out there and just roll over, right? I mean, what does it look like? <laughs> right. Right. So we, there are definitely a, a lot of competitive, you know, parts of the game. Um, and, and like you said, especially right out of college, that's, that's the hardest, uh, that was the hardest transition was going from, you know, you compete every day to, you know, once I was on the, the generals, it was, you compete for certain moments and then the other moments you, you know, you, you, know, you have to go along with right. the show. Right. And even though the transition transition is hard, I think once you kind of understand that it's your job and it's your profession, you, you start to embrace it a little bit, you know, and, and, and you become, you know, you're, you're as, as much a part of the show as the Globe players are. And, you know, to make them look good, you've got to be right. at your best. Um, so that's, uh, I think once, as a general, once you get that mindset, it helps make the show so much And like better. you said, I mean, I mean, there were, there's some stretches there where you can kind of get after it a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, uh, they would let us uh, just have, you know, competitive times during the game uh, where we would just, you know, go back and forth and really go at it. And, and it was great because the, the Trotters, they're, they're, they're all great guys. I mean, they never, you know, they never look down on us or anything because we're generals. You know, if, if there, if there were games where we were, you know, really playing well competitively, I mean, they would come in the locker room after, after that and, and you know, and let us know, you know, they would, they would say, yeah, you yeah. guys got us tonight, you know? So, 
it, even though the outside world doesn't know that it was it was really cool to to see them you know as as real human beings and and being able to to look at us you know on the same playing field right. as, as a profession and was this a full time thing antoine i mean did you come in come in and out of tours or were you just on the road for for the duration during that time of my life it was full time uh, so i did it for 3 years so 2007 to 2010 and basically it was uh, back then, I, I, I think the schedule is still kind of similar, but back then uh, I started in the fall and we would do a, a short, uh, you know, one or two month tour in the fall. And then we would take a, a small break and then you would start uh, what they call the, the U.S. tour, which is your, the biggest tour of the year. And that would start around Christmas time and that would go until uh, until about April, end of April or so. Um, and. And basically, you're you're on the road wow. that entire time. So, you you know you've got a you've got your own tour bus. Uh, you've got um, a different hotel every night, basically, and you're either on the bus or you're on a plane every single day, going to a different city, going to a different arena uh, for those four months. And then after the U.S. tour is over, usually we would have maybe a month break. Uh, and then you'll start the international tours kind of over the late spring, early yeah. summer months. Uh, so, you know, you could be you could be traveling anywhere from, you know, seven, eight months wow. of the year, something like that. Is there a yeah. um, a like a best story that you're allowed to share from your time as a general? A little, hold on, before you, <laughs> while you think about that, maybe in the yeah. background, I want to ask you about this. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't remember if it was, I, I want to say it was when I came to watch you, um, but I could just be like sort of wishing that into existence. But did, there's a, there's a, <laughs> um, I don't know what you call it, a skit or like a, an aspect of the show that, that happens. Uh, I don't know if it happens every night, but it happens sometimes where they, they pull uh, one of the generals, like they pull their pants down and, you know, you're there with your pants down, you run off the court embarrassed. Right. Am I getting that right? <laughs> Did didn't yeah. you weren't yeah, you that yeah, guy? Yeah, you're exactly right. At one point? Yeah, yeah, I was that guy. Yeah, I was that guy at one point. I, I'm trying I to think remember. We where saw you, you in like um, Chattanooga uh, or something. Okay, but again, that could be maybe at, like uh, that today. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I mean, I know you definitely. definitely they just come in. They're probably, like, "Hey, man, tonight uh, we're going to pull your pants down." So this is what it is. How does that go? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, over the course of the tour, as they kind of figure out which guys are good at different things, um, you, okay. you get put into roles, you know. And and if you're really good at a role, uh, you you just you get stuck there, you know, because it it looks good and uh, <laughs> if you're comfortable with that, and, and they just kind of keep keep going with it. So I, I don't know how I got stuck with this role, but I think. I think we were kind of passing the role around a little bit. I think some guys didn't really like it. And and one night, I think we were in Boise the first time I did it. We were in Boise, Idaho. And somebody said, oh, uh, Twan should do it tonight. He, he's never done it. So, sorry, I'll give, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And <laughs> and so the way, the way that skit went is that uh, 
I think there was a timeout or something, and then we would we would get the inbounds, and I would dribble the ball up the court, and then they would tear my jersey okay. off, and and you know, and I'm supposed to run around, uh, you know. Wait, wait, boxer. is everything and everything's so off except did. for the like top and bottom? You're just in your box. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, and just just in your boxers, man. Just just you, you the basketball <laughs> <laughs> in your boxers, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, so I I take off down the court, and uh, uh, Glove Platter comes behind me, rips the jersey off, and then I just you know just take off running around. You you kind of you know make a little circle, kind of go to some fans, and you know right. make a big deal about it. Um. And I, I, you know, ran back into the locker room to to get my new jersey, and apparently, uh, you know, it, it it went over really well. So they said, so they said, "You're the guy. Yeah, you're in it now for the rest of the no tour. <laughs> you're the guy." So, yeah. So, and and that that actually was uh, you asked me about one of my favorite moments. So one of my favorite moments on the court was was during uh, this act, and so, you know, since I had a uh, you know, games and games and games of doing this, I was able to kind of like get it, get it down really well the way I wanted it. And so uh, during that tour, we were kind of making our rounds down to the Southeast. And I knew that we were going to play in Atlanta in, uh, at Phillips Arena. And I was going to have a lot of family and friends there. That, that may have okay. been where you saw me, I'm not sure. Um, so I decided, all right, Instead of just running around crazy after I get my jersey taken off, I'm gonna like once the jersey gets ripped off, I'm gonna keep playing. And I'm just gonna <laughs> go up and dunk the basketball like like nothing happened, right? And then and then I'll you know realize that I'm I'm next okay. run out. <laughs> so, uh, so I uh, about you know three or four days before we got to Atlanta, I started you know trying it out in a, at, at the different venues and ne- never got it down. But then once we went to to Phillips, um, it actually worked out perfectly. I took off down the court. They grabbed my jersey, ripped it off. I kept going and went up and dunked it. Two hands hanging on the rim, (laughs) just me and my boxers. (laughs) And hopped down and run run off the court. So I think that was, uh, you know, being able to do that in front of my my, my friends and family was probably the best memory. Did they give you like, is there like a a wink or a nudge or like a flick of the ear to let you know, like, here comes the uh, pants scene? Like, how do they, how do they coordinate something like that? (laughs) Uh, I mean, we're all kind of just talking to each other out there. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's similar to a real basketball game in, in the fact that, you know, you have your plays and, you you know, you're listening to either your captain or your coach calling the plays and, and you just kind of get in position. Gotcha. You know, make it happen. Yeah. And and what yeah. led to, um, I mean, if, so after a few years, you decided you were ready to do something different or decided to get out get out of the generals and go, move on? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it had been three years and I, I really, I really pushed myself to go in and do as many tours as possible. I think, you know, Pretty much every time a tour came up, if there was an option for me to take right. it, I took it. And uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get the, the most out of the experience, and I, I think I did. But um, you know, my my last year, actually my last tour, I remember we were in uh, Anchorage, and at that point, uh, you know, my my body really was just just beaten up. 
um, you know, after three years of, of touring and, um, and I, I'm sure you know this, but I mean, a lot of people don't know we play every yeah. day when you're on tour. I mean, and, and sometimes you play twice a day, uh, depending on where you are, you know, if you're in, you know, uh, bigger cities like New York, I think, uh, Josh actually saw me oh, at wow. Madison yeah. Square Garden in, in New York. And, uh, we played, we played three days oh, well. of double headers that, that weekend. And, uh, you know, it, it, so it gets rough on your body. And, and back then I, I definitely didn't know like the things I know now about taking care of my body, you know, the, the stretching and the foam rolling, all that stuff would have helped a lot back then. Um, but I just, you know, didn't really have all those tools. And so I, I, I decided that, you know, maybe it was time to let, let myself heal a little bit, you know, physically and uh, try something different. Yeah. Uh, for, okay. And so fast forward, sticking yeah. with the, uh, the basketball theme, uh, fast forward to this current, you know, era, uh, we're considering that, uh, the coronavirus is throwing a wrench in this, but currently you're also involved in, uh, a prison ministry at San Quentin. Is that right? And uh, right, look, yeah, that's right. Uh, we're going to get you involved soon man, too, B. Listen, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> half the player that, um, that you are, and I'm like less than half the player that I once was. B, I, I, <laughs> I don't I, believe it. Between the two of us, there's only one of us who's ever dunked in his in his boxers in front of ten thousand people. Um, and this could be like me just totally missing the like I could be totally getting this detail wrong. But I remember when you first told me San Quentin, I felt like San Quentin was like in movies and stuff, like San Quentin. Like you don't want to go to San Quentin. Yeah. I mean, there may be even songs about San Quentin. I think. Like, yeah. Basically saying don't go don't oh, yeah. go to San Quentin. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved uh, playing ball at San Quentin. Yeah, the, the yeah San, the San Quentin uh, uh, prison basketball that that's really really interesting. I mean, even 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 more so to me than than the the Globetrotters. Um, but how I got connected there was so when I moved out to the Bay Area in 2010, uh, I started uh, going to a church out here called Westgate Church and started meeting some pastors and they, they found out that I played basketball and they have this ministry <clears throat> this prison ministry to go out to San Quentin. So, uh, they put me in touch with yeah, Bill. Bill, Bill you need to get Bill on the show. And <clears throat> yeah, you should, you should definitely get Bill on the show. Okay. He, he just retired yeah. also. So he's got time now. Um, <laughs> uh, so Bill has been running the San Quentin ministry for over, wow. over 20 years. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for over 20 years. And, you know, basically he, he recruits guys, uh, that have, you know, experience playing some type of high level basketball to go into San Quentin and play against the inmates and, uh, you know, not just play, but, but actually get to know these guys and know their stories. Um, you know, talk to them, be there for them as much as we can be. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got started with that was, uh, was through, is there through, a, um, a, uh, a worship process or a, a discipleship or a Bible study that goes along with the game? Yeah. So we, we basically will do a, okay. a, a testimony uh, at halftime. And so, and before the, <clears throat> 
before the game starts, we'll bring it up in the middle and, uh, you know, Bill will, will say a word and then the guy who runs the program on the other side, he'll say a word also. And then we'll uh, have a prayer and then we'll play the first half. And then one of our guys will give a testimony. And then if if they want to, one of the inmates gotcha. will give a testimony. And I mean, as you can imagine, those when you hear those testimonies from those guys, I mean, it's just it's it's unreal. You know, it, it, there's uh, there's just so much that we don't know. You know, like growing up the way that we grew up and and uh, in our lifestyles that we were provided with. I mean. It, most people would be amazed at, at uh, yeah. these stories. What's one thing? Um, yeah. What's one thing you feel like you've learned through the process of being a part of the San Quentin basketball ministry? I would say, and I, I really, I, I would say, just being grateful for the things that kept me from going down mm. a, a similar path. You know, I mean, and and those those are many things like. You know, first right. my parents, and you know, the, the like the area that we grew up in. You know, there's some some rough areas. There's uh, there there are many many different paths sure. I could have gone down, but uh, you know, um, my parents made sure to to keep me on that straight and narrow path. Um, and then there are you know many many coaches who <clears throat> who stepped in and you know kept me on that that straight and narrow path. So I would say that, yeah, just being grateful for uh, just those blessings, man, because um, when you hear when you hear the stories of the way a lot of these guys grew up, you know, the um, just having to protect themselves, um, you know, uh, I mean, just just I don't want to go into sure. too much detail, but just so many stories about about. Uh, just a different a different lifestyle that you you start to understand right. how people end up there you know yeah, yeah. i've uh, i won't go too far into this either but i've got a i've got a, a theory about how um just how the impact that parenting has and i know that's not like oh we're shattering right. uh, development but um <laughs> uh it i, I probably i go maybe too far in a certain direction for some people about that. But, but anyways, you know, like you're saying, I see this in, in, um, as a teacher sometimes that some of the lives that these kids are, you know, living are there. It's not by their choice, right? It's, it's the, the lives that right. they're not just kids, anybody, a lot of, a lot of people, they, they are, sort of put into these lives that, that they didn't choose and they're dealing with someone else's consequences. And there's so many, right. um, there's such a like domino effect from they, things that right. generations before, you know, decisions they made, right. Or things that they did. Um, so that's right. a great reminder. Uh, I've been asking this question to Antoine of people and that uh, I really like the question, but uh, I also don't, it's probably not entirely fair, but um, I'm going to ask it anyways. <laughs> uh, so I, <laughs> I was at this conference. Um, actually, uh, I came out to San Diego. You came and met me when I came to that conference. 
And uh, right. we, we stayed at that shady yeah. motel because I was trying to save money. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember it was that. Like right across the street from a, a very um, dirty looking gentleman's club <laughs> or something. It was not not a good situation. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyways, right. uh, we came out to this conference and this guy was telling a story about he, he worked for this author and the author was doing research for a book that um, I, I, I don't think ever got published, but he was interviewing successful like leaders. So I think Pete Carroll from the Seattle Seahawks was one of them. I honestly can't remember any other examples mm-hmm. except for Pete Carroll, uh, but it's a true story, at least from as far as I can tell. The, but the question that he asked these people was, do you think you're special? Or, or maybe I should say it like this. What he learned in doing these interviews was that these, these successful are special. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question that I've been asking is, uh, t- to put it a lot more directly than I've done up to this point, is do you, is there a part of you that feels like you're special? Hmm. It is a good question. I mean, I, I would, I would say no, um, not not special as in, you know, I'm any different or better than anyone else. Um, outside, I've been given a lot of opportunities, um, and I, I would say the only the only thing that I would that I would, I believe I've done well with those is just that I've tried to take the opportunities. But other than that, I, I really have been just <clears throat> beyond blessed with great, you know, parents, family, friends, mentors, um, coaches. I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, I really, I look back on my life and I think, I mean, I, I should, yeah. I, I should have done more, you know. So, I, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think that. I don't think I'm special by any means. I think I'll, I think that I will try my best to take advantage of, of opportunities. But other than that, yeah, there's a there's a quiet sort of confidence that I admire about you, Antoine. That uh, that was one of the things I wish I I had more of, and and it's it's not bravado, you know. It, you know, it's not like that guy thinks he's awesome, right? <laughs> but there's this, there's a quiet confidence that's that's noticeable if people are paying attention with you that I really admire. Uh, I mean, if you if you agree with that, uh, could you speak on sort of where that where that comes from, or you know where you draw on for that? I want to I'm going to write it down because I'm going to yeah. I want to try to figure out the secret sauce. <laughs> secret sauce. Oh man, um, I I would say that yeah, it definitely. It's a variety of things. You, you know, I early on, like I said, my my parents they uh, they definitely took really good care of me and and you know taught me um, how to love Jesus. And one of the things that I I really believe is that when Jesus said that all things are possible, I I just truly believe that. And so I think that's that's one of the things that. Uh, that I go after. I mean, when, when there's something that uh, I'm passionate about, there's something that uh, I feel like I want to attain. I, I truly believe that it's possible. And I know there's 
there'll be a lot of you know uh, ups and downs along the way um but every time that i've set my sight on something i feel that jesus has kind of given me the the people or the resources or whatever you know at least within arm's reach for me to to go forward with it and i think that's kind of what gives me the confidence to know that if these resources are there these people are willing to help you and you put in the necessary work for it then you can attain it and um, and I believe that for everybody. And, that, and I think that's why I answered the question that, you know, I don't believe I'm special because I believe everybody has that same um, ability yeah. inside of Great them. Great answer. Antoine, thank you so much for joining me today, testing out a new recording uh, device with Anchor F.FM, not a sponsor. And I appreciate you making the effort. I, I love hearing your story. Of course, I'm familiar with a lot of it, but I love the opportunity to be a steward of your story and, and allow others to hear and learn from you, get some encouragement from the things that you've done, the experiences that you've had. So I appreciate you sharing those with us today. Yeah, but yeah I appreciate you, brother. It's always good catching up with you and just thank you for being such yeah, a man. Hey, I look forward to uh, talking to you next time. Hey, thanks for joining us on right, another episode good. of Extraordinary Joes with today's special guest, Antoine Maddox. Great encouragement from Antoine today and some fun stories about his time uh, competing against the Globetrotters, playing for the Washington Generals, traveling the world, uh, San Quentin Prison Ministry, and all that Antoine has uh, experienced and sharing his gifts through the game of basketball. As always, thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so through Patreon. You can share the social media links or just continue listening. But again, thanks for checking us out on Extraordinary Joes, and I will look forward to talking to you next time.